You are Locked On Marlins, your daily podcast on the Miami Marlins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Marlins podcast, your only daily podcast on all things Miami Marlins. As always, I'm your host, Aram Layton, Marlins writer, as well as a minor league play-by-play broadcaster, and we are going to be talking about the Marlins pitching staff today, all the way from the rotation to the bullpen to the guys that might be making a push to the bullpen, because as I look at what would be potentially the roster for this coming year, assuming that no moves are made at this point, there is a crowded situation when you look at the rotation of the bullpen and then some guys that might be displaced. And the Marlins are ultimately going to have some decisions to make, especially with the two players added in the Rule 5 draft, which I talked about in the previous episode. If you missed that, a full breakdown on Zach Pop and Paul Campbell, who were both acquired in the Rule five draft last week. Two guys that I very much like and think are good pickups, but they also have to be on the major league roster, which makes things quite crowded. And I'm not really going to make a case for any specific move, but I'm just going to float a few different hypotheticals and kind of just discuss the conundrum that the Marlins might be in. And albeit it is a good type of conundrum to be in, right? Having too much pitching. But the thing about the Marlins here is there's too many swingmen type of pitchers, too many back end of the rotation type of pitchers or middle relievers that are all on the brink of making this team. I want to see a little bit less quantity and a little bit more quality, but so does everybody, right? So does all 30 teams. But I think the Marlins have something to work with here, and I think they should make some moves. And I'll leave that up to you as to what you think they should do. But ultimately, I think there's just too much going on here and too many guys that are major league ready that might not actually be in the major leagues like Dan Castano, like Nick Neidert, like Braxton Garrett, while he's not quite as major league ready, quote unquote, as Castano, just because Garrett made a big jump from high A after just barely sniffing double A. Castano made several starts at the major league level after being solid in double A and showed that he could be a back end type of pitcher. Nick Neidert as well. I think at this point in his career, he is ready to just try and prove what he could do at the major league level. Braxton Garrett, I think is close to that point as well, but you could justify giving him some more innings in the minor leagues in the meantime and hide behind that, even though it's just more of The reason is it's a crowded situation, but I would still justify it because he really has not even pitched much at the double-A level. I did love what we saw in two starts from Braxton Garrett, though, in his major league debut in this abbreviated season. But then you also think about Edward Cabrera. Again, another guy that you could probably hide behind the, he's coming back from an injury. I need to see him get some more innings if you're the Marlins front office. But at that point, you know, that's only a couple months. And if Edward Cabrera is carving up double-A, triple-A, probably triple-A, then you're going to have a lot of pressure from the fans and a lot of pressure from just the organization, other players in general, to bring up Edward Cabrera, who we know can be a frontline type of starter. If he's putting up numbers, then you're going to have to figure something out in the rotation. And the rotation already has guys that you don't really want to move out of there, right? Sandy Alcantara is locked in. Pablo Lopez is locked in. Sixto Sanchez is locked in. Trevor Rogers and Eliezer Hernandez are the only two guys that aren't, I guess, locked in because they would be the ones that make the move 
for Cabrera, but let's say Eliezer and Trevor Rogers are pitching pretty well. Then at that point, what do you do? Are you going to just move Eliezer out of the rotation if he's continuing to pitch the way he was pitching this past year? Or if Trevor Rogers is pitching to the way that we saw with some of those flashes, and you know I'm high on Rogers with his swing and miss stuff, I think that he is a very solid middle of the rotation starter as a lefty. Let's say those two guys are doing well. And of course, this is again a great problem, trouble in paradise. But then what do you do with Nick Neidert, Braxton Garrett, and Edward Cabrera if those guys? and Dan Castano, if all of those guys are ready to go after a month or two into the season, you're just going to leave them down there to rot? You know, I just don't, I don't know if that is something that I could just sit there and be okay with. Obviously, I have no saying this, but Dan Castano, especially because of what he showed at the major league level, he's very average, right? He's not going to be anything special, but he showed that he is a major league pitcher and somebody that I think plenty of teams would use and could use. And there's, I think the Red Sox, for example, would love a Dan Castano. Aside from Chris Sale, the only lefty they have that's somewhat proven is Eduardo Rodriguez. And both Rodriguez and Sale are coming back from major ailments. Sale from Tommy John and Eduardo Rodriguez from myocarditis and just was approved to be able to you know, resume activity. And I really hope that Rodriguez is okay, but you know that the Red Sox can't bank on him being able to just jump in there and eat 200 innings. I think Dan Castano would be somebody that is a perfect type of low cost opportunity for a team to go snatch up and get. I think he showed that he is more than capable as a back end guy and as a middle reliever if needed. As a lefty, I really think Dan Castano has some value there. Is he a somebody that's going to get you a stud? Of course not. But if you package Castano with somebody else, you could probably make something work there to get maybe the backup catcher you need, maybe a reliever, maybe you just want to replenish with some prospects. Who knows? But I think it would just kind of solve this logjam we see here with Nider, who I think is major league ready, Edward Cabrera, who will be major league ready after a month or two, and Dan Castano, who's major league ready, and Braxton Garrett, who is knocking on the door as well. Then you look at the bullpen, Yimmy Garcia, Richard Blyer, locks to be in the bullpen, Zach Pop has to be in the bullpen, Paul Campbell has to be in the bullpen, and also he's a guy that can make some starts as well. James Hoyt was fantastic really found that slider this year and looks like a guy that you can count on for swing and miss. And he was the janitor dancing out of basically any jam and stranding runners and really just cleaning up any mess that he was left of his other teammates that got onto the mound before him. Then Adam Clymer, who the Marlins just went out and got. And obviously they're not going to go get him like that if they don't look at him as an option in the bullpen. So I'm expecting him to be somebody that they have slotted in there. That leaves two more spots. And for now, that's Jeff Brigham and Steven Tarpley. But Brigham, I think, is somewhat expendable at this point. Yes, he saw a major velocity jump and can hit the upper 90s, but he's not got the swing and miss that I was hoping to see, uh, at least in his minor league career and in stints in the major league career. And for Steven Tarpley, he was really rocky. I know he dealt with some injuries and some other issues this past year, but just major command issues, was not as good against lefties as I like to see. He did show some spurts. Both those pitchers have two options, and if you option them to the minor leagues, we'll see if you know they'd accept that. I doubt it. I think both of them would bank on finding a landing spot elsewhere. So if you open up those two roster spots, then do you have Nick Neidert and 
Dan Castano, for example, in that bullpen where they are really starters by nature, but you stash them there in the meantime as guys that'll be in long relief situations and also spot starts. And of course, that's great insurance for your rotation as uh, you don't wish injuries on anybody, but knowing the way baseball is in the course of a season, one of your five guys in the rotation there is either going to A, struggle, or B, go into some injury issues. And that's where you could dip into some of those other guys that are already in your bullpen. But then the flip side of that coin is, does Nick Neidert and Braxton Garrett and Dan Castano and Edward Cabrera, would you rather have those guys just making starts in the minors? It's just a tough question right now, but what I will say is I would rather have Dan Castano on my active roster than Steven Tarpley, and I think Tarpley is one of the more likely guys to be let go at at this point, and we'll see how that ends up going, and Brigham probably right there too is a high probability uh, option to be optioned, so we'll see what happens there. I'm going to talk a little bit more about some of the Marlins pitching prospects that are not as close to knocking on the door, but that I think could make a climb up the minor leagues this year and surprise some people. And then also some candidates that are very much in need of a bounce back year, or at least just a year to break through as time is starting to tick for these prospects. A reminder that this episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Why pay 20, 30, 50% more for the same auto parts from a chain store or car dealership when you can just go to rockauto.com and use their easy-to-navigate website to find whatever car part you need, any make or model. rockauto.com has it, and they are a family-owned business that has been serving auto parts customers online for over 20 years. Everything from an engine part to just the carpet on the floor of your car, rockauto.com will ship it straight to your door so much easier, especially with everything going on right now. Go to rockauto.com and let them know that Locked On sent you in the How Did You Hear About Us section. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. So first, I want to talk a little bit about some of the bounce back candidates or some of the players that need to bounce back in this coming season where it'll start to get a little bit nerve wracking for them if they cannot get it going this year. Jorge Guzman, right off the bat, is the probably one of the first guys I can think of that really needs to get it going this coming year. It wasn't fair to him, unfortunately, to not have a minor league season this year, but it wasn't fair to a lot of people. He only made a one appearance. It was one inning. He looked incredibly erratic, and then we never saw him again. And that was not a surprise because he did not look major league ready, and I don't think the Marlins wanted to pitch him at all. He had not been great at the alternate training site by reports, and he just has not been the pitcher that a lot of people hoped he would be at the time of the acquisition. We knew that he was a relatively raw prospect, but he had shown some flashes. He had that triple digits fastball, and he figured he could start to put it together, but the problem is outside of that 60 to 65 grade fastball he's got a decent slider that he has trouble commanding and then that's about it the changeup not very good at this point and does not command it very well and when you look at the minor league numbers they're respectable he was able to be at least decent in double a where he pitched to a 350 era and a 4.37 fip across 24 starts 138 innings but the strikeout numbers just not great for somebody that You know, we're looking at throwing triple digits and expecting him to get some more swings and misses. 127 strikeouts in 138 and two-thirds innings and 71 walks 
in 138 and two-thirds innings. That's the big concern. Also, 13 home runs, a little bit more than you'd like to see, but that's what happens when you throw gas and you don't locate it well and you leave it up. They're going to hit the ball off of you, and that's the big problem. The thing is, he only gave up 96 hits in 138 innings, but 13 of those 96 hits are long balls, and then 71 batters received a free pass. He also hit seven more batters and had nine wild pitches. And also balked four times, which I think is kind of wild. So this is just not the consistency you were hoping to see him develop. The good news is he did eat 138 innings, which he had never done in the past. It was a lot more than anything he had done. Previous uh, maximum innings he had thrown was 96 in 2018. And he looked much better than I would say. The ERA was a tad higher, and he did go 0-9. But there was mutiny in that high A team. And I thought he was actually pretty decent there, where you saw 101 Ks in 96 innings. But still there... The command, just terrible. 64 walks in 96 innings. You just can't have success like that. So we'll see if he can continue to refine that command. Maybe the time off has given him an opportunity to try to repeat those mechanics. At this point, the Marlins would take, I think, a reliever out of him. You know, you're not really banking on him being a starter at this point. So if he can just figure out how to be good enough with his command that he can be a reliever, then you can just go with him as that and he can be a back-end guy and just focus on two pitches, the fastball and the slider, forget the changeup, and turn into a back-end reliever and closer type of profile. What it looks like with Jorge Guzman right now is I just did an episode on recapping the Rule 5 draft on Locked On MLB Prospects and it's a bunch of guys that throw 100 and have no clue where it's going. Jorge Guzman's on a fast track to being one of those guys and if it doesn't work out for him, he's going to be the next Rule 5 draft option that is somebody taking a chance on a guy that was not working as a starter and gets moved to the bullpen and they're just hoping that he can put it together enough because he throws 100 and has a plus uh, secondary offering. You know, the the Marlins go get Zach Pop in this Rule 5 draft and Pop has some command questions, but not nearly to the degree of Jorge Guzman. So that's why I like the pickup of Pop and you're just hoping that Guzman can turn into a reliable reliever at this point. You know, maybe a miracle happens and he makes it work as a starter, but I've lowered my expectations and what I want from him, and I think if you can just get a solid back-end reliever at this point, and you know, you're know you hoping for a Dellen Betances type of adjustment for him, then that would be huge, and you would love that. So let's see what happens with Guzman this coming season. Let's see if he's made any improvements in the time off with his mechanics. Same with Alex Vesia. Now, he doesn't have the command issues, but Vesia was dominant. So it, it's a little bit of a different case with Vesia, where he showed some very impressive numbers, but Vesia was always a reliever, and he's a guy that we know is going to be a reliever. But I think when we saw that crazy scoreless inning streak with Vesia, we were expecting him to kind of hit the ground running, or at least I was. Uh, I think a lot of fans kind of had that confidence in Vesia being able to plug into a bullpen at the major league level and hold his own, but he he really didn't, he, and he was not able to get much swing and miss. He did not look like the type of pitcher that got the ridiculous strikeout rate that he got in the minor leagues. And he didn't look like a guy that had a scoreless streak that he had, albeit it was not a huge sample size and it was a wacky season. But that's why I really want to see what Vesia can do. And Vesia is another candidate that if he is throwing well and he recaptures that minor league form that he had in 2019, then you're looking at another guy that's making a push to the bullpen. And if Vesia is the pitcher that we think he can be, then I'd rather have that lefty in the bullpen than Stephen Tarpley, and that just adds another uh, another just situation and cluster to what the Marlins have here. Uh, Jordan Holloway, 
that's right more back to the Jorge Guzman type of profile, a fastball that reaches triple digits, a guy that the Marlins were trying to use as a starter for a while now. I don't think you can really hold out much more hope that he's going to be a starter because the command issues are just so bad. He does have two Uh, at least flashing plus pitches with the fastball and the slider. But from what I've heard is the reports are that Holloway's fastball is pretty flat. So we'll see what he can do there. And if he can get the two-pitch mix, then that's another bullpen option. The Marlins were ultimately looking at him as a bullpen option this past season. He just could not get it going command-wise. And then again, with the layoff and coming back, he just the Marlins ultimately went another direction. So those are two guys that are three guys really that need to bounce back. And then some underrated guys that have been a bit overlooked over the last year, just because the Marlins have so much pitching now. Josh Roberson mentioned him on the last podcast as maybe a candidate to get snatched up in the rule five draft, even though he had only pitched at a ball just because of his advanced stuff and his good command. He ultimately was not selected, which was great for the Marlins because Roberson, from what I've heard from reports and from what I've seen, has good stuff, had really good numbers in a ball in 2019 and kind of a pop-up type of guy that I don't think a lot of people were expecting to be as good as he has been. He was a 12th round pick out of UNC Wilmington, really just 90 to 93 tops at 95. And he made 11 starts where he was very solid, 56 innings, a 2.25 ERA, and 54 strikeouts, only 18 walks. And I really like Roberson because of that fastball slider mix. The slider flashes plus. I think it, it really is already a major league pitch and has the potential to be a plus major league pitch. The fastball, he locates well and gets the most out of that mid, low to mid 90s velocity and spins it pretty well too. To me, Roberson looks more like a potential bullpen piece too, 6'3", 175. If you move into the bullpen, does that fastball jump in velocity? Probably. And then instead of 92 to 94 topping at 5, maybe you're getting a 94 to 96 topping at 7 with a plus slider. That's all you need to be a good reliever in this game, and he's got good enough command. That's another candidate that could be a fast riser as maybe a bullpen arm. He's already going on 25 years old. So if you're really going to hold out hope for him as a starter, I just don't think the ceiling is high enough with how much starting pitching the Marlins have throughout the system. But Roberson is definitely worth watching. And then another just kind of boring type of prospect, and no offense, but he also has been decent enough over the last couple years, is Cody Petit. And Cody Petit, I think, was getting some discussion after putting up some good numbers in double A, and then he gets moved up to the Florida, or excuse me, to the PCL and triple A, and he really struggled. But he's not really a guy that's going to get much swing and miss, and he goes to the PCL, which is a launching pad for hitters, and he gave up 13 home runs in just 10 starts. So I don't think that's something that will happen often. Like, I don't think if you went on a macro scale there that he would be giving up more than a home run per start because he never really did that in the past at all. He did have the tendency to give up home runs here and there, but never to that degree, especially in the lower levels. And I think that's something he can adapt from. I don't think he is a very exciting major league pitcher, but I do believe that he can be a plug-in type of back-end guy as a number five starter, spot starter, and long-relief bullpen option. And another player that the Marlins don't really need, and I'm sure another team will find some sort of interest in him. The Marlins have traded much less intriguing guys for international bonus pool money, no problem. So I think that's another candidate to just clear up the cluster, get some international pool money, or add him to a package 
that you can maybe get something there. You know I've been kind of clamoring for the Marlins to sell high on Girard and Carnacion. Maybe if you package Girard with Poteet and Dan Castano, you can get at least a bullpen piece and a kind of exciting lower level lottery ticket type of prospect like Dioel Burgos. I would be interested in something like that, where if you help your bullpen right now and get a legitimate piece there and then get a lower level guy, then it's intriguing. Or maybe you go get a high end backup catcher or a kind of tweener where it's somebody that could be a starting catcher, but you know, is not just that exciting, but can kind of be relegated to a split role behind the dish. That's just another option. And I think the Marlins have a wealth that they can trade from here that while it's not going to break the bank and it's not the most exciting pieces, you could go get a middling catcher or a solid relief option with a lottery ticket prospect. I think it's just too crowded right now and the Marlins have some needs and you could probably fill those needs with the crowded environment that you have in all of those pieces. As the offseason continues, of course, I will get more into my opinions on how this pitching breakdown should go. I think it would just be ridiculous to go deep into it and really dive into potential roster decisions when we don't know exactly what the roster is going to look like. The Marlins could go out and get a reliever tomorrow. I hope they do, but that would change everything. So we have to wait and see here. They could unload somebody. There's a lot that couldn't be moving, but definitely stay in tune here and Keep an eye out because I will definitely be doing some more breakdowns on what I think the bullpen and rotation and the upper level minor leagues, how that should all be allocated, but it should be interesting. The Marlins are having a little bit of trouble in paradise here, which is a rarity for this team to have a lot of pitching. Could you imagine the Marlins would have loved Dan Castano would have been somebody that was incredibly exciting back in the day when we were getting hyped up on Dylan Peters and Really, Chris O'Grady was somebody that the Marlins were really uh, plugging into the bull or into the rotation, excuse me, and hoping could make an impact at least and eat some innings. So the Marlins have come a long way in that regard, but they have some decisions to make. They've been incredibly boring in this offseason, and let's see if they do something. I mean, everybody's been boring in their defense, so we'll see. As always, thank you for listening, and I really appreciate all of the support. I'm excited to keep this offseason going with more Marlins coverage, and if you ever get a chance, check out the Locked On MLB Prospects podcast. I would really appreciate some support over there. I think you would really enjoy it. If you have any interest in prospects whatsoever, interviews, breakdowns of other farm systems, breakdowns of the top systems in baseball, top prospects in baseball, you name it, all there. And I have a lot of fun doing that show as well. Thank you for listening. And I look forward to talking Marlins baseball with you tomorrow.